Our dear loving Father in heaven, we give glory to your name for the blessings and the privileges that you have given to us. We thank you for the blessing of the food we eat and the shelter we have and the air we breathe and the water we drink. We thank you for the blessing of protection and security that you give to us. Especially we thank you for the spiritual blessings that you give to us in the person of your Holy Spirit working on our hearts, the holy angels walking on our behalf and our Lord Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary interceding for us. All this for us, Lord, we thank you and we pray that this privilege that has been afforded us, that it shall not go to waste, but that we shall in our faithfulness and loyalty take advantage of it and give glory to your name. As we fellowship with you now, please grant us of your spirit graciously and help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Break down the bread of life to us and help us that our character shall be fashioned into the image of our Lord Jesus. Put your words in my mouth and grant me of your spirit. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, November 7 Enslaved by Money Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Matthew chapter 26 verse 14 and 15 Judas had naturally a strong love for money, but he had not always been corrupt enough to do such a deed as this. He had fostered the evil spirit of avarice until it had become the ruling motive of his life. The love of mammon overbalanced his love for Christ. Through becoming the slave of one vice, he gave himself to Satan. Judas was highly regarded by the disciples and had great influence over them. He himself had a high opinion of his own qualifications and looked upon his brethren as greatly inferior to him in judgment and ability. They did not see their opportunities, he thought and take advantage of circumstances. The church would never prosper with such short-sighted men as leaders. Peter was impetuous. He would move without consideration. John, who was treasuring up the truths that fell from Christ's lips, was looked upon by Judas as a poor financier. Matthew, whose training had taught him accuracy in all things, was very particular in regard to honesty and he was ever contemplating the words of Christ and became so absorbed in them that, as Judas thought, he could not be trusted to do sharp, far-seeing business. Thus, Judas summed up all the disciples and flattered himself that the church would often be brought into perplexity and embarrassment if it were not for his ability as a manager. The history of Judas presents the sad ending of a life that might have been honored of God. Had Judas died before his last journey to Jerusalem, he would have been regarded as a man worthy of a place among the twelve. 
and one who would be greatly missed. The abhorrence which has followed him through the centuries would not have existed but for the attributes revealed at the close of his history. But it was for a purpose that his character was laid open to the world. It was to be a warning to all who, like him, should betray sacred trusts. For thirty pieces of silver, the price of a slave, he sold the Lord of glory to ignominy and death. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Enslaved by Money. And now, living the life of John, we come to the life of Judas. Yesterday, we had a contrast between the two and we saw how it was that they both had serious weaknesses. But the difference was that someone was doing the truth and loved to be reproved and another was not and that is Judas. Judas preferred to stay far away from Jesus because he didn't like reproof and he saw that the self-denying principles of Jesus' life was totally contradictory to his own self-indulging principles. Today, we look at Judas in this topic, enslaved by money, but I would also like us to apply it to any other addiction, enslaved by also vice. The truth is that Whatever has an all-absorbing influence or hold on us will eventually destroy us. For Judas's case, it was money. For you, it may not be money, but whatever it is, it will bring you to the same end that Judas was brought into. Like we read in the devotion, the love of money overbalanced his love for his master. This is the same thing that may be happening to any one of us, the love of one thing or the other. If it overbalances the love for the master, we will end up the same place Judas ended. But let us go step by step to understand how Judas came to this condition so that we can apply it to ourselves and learn lessons from this devotion. Remember, when at the feast of Simon, Mary had brought a very costly perfume to anoint the body of Jesus, there was one person whose voice was the loudest and who actually was the one who made people see the act of Mary as an issue. Have you, have you ever been in this situation where you are going along with a clear mind and have no suspicions or issues at all with a particular thing or person that you just can't see what's wrong with it and you're just going on, you're fine. Then along comes someone who for some reason, maybe bitterness, envy, jealousy, hatred, or their own false perceptions come to you and start to make you see that matter in a completely different light so that you now begin to share the same embittered ill feelings that the person had. That was what happened to Simon and the other disciples that day. Jesus usually received funds in cash and kind from people and the person that was kept in charge of these funds was none other than Judas. He had secured this position for himself and the naive disciples, the other eleven, trusted him with it. But one person, there was one person whom we could not, could not deceive, that was Jesus. Jesus knew that Judas was stealing money from the purse. He was given a false account of what was actually in the purse and taking some of it for himself. And that day, when he saw what Mary did, he was not happy at all. And for the first time, Judas couldn't hide his, his disapproval. At last, he spoke against something that Jesus did. 
he rebuked Mary, but indirectly he was rebuking Jesus for permitting what Mary was doing. The account in John says, John in John 12 verse 6 to 8, it says, Then he, this he said, that's when he rebuked Mary, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Like we saw, it was after this that Judas decided to cash in on Jesus. Reading from Desire of Ages, page 716, paragraph 3, it says, A little before the Passover, Judas had renewed his contract with the priests to deliver Jesus into their hands. Then it was arranged that the Savior should be taken at one of his resorts for meditation and prayer. Since the feast at the house of Simon, Judas had had opportunity to reflect upon the deed which he had covenanted to perform, but his purpose was unchanged. For thirty pieces of silver, the price of a slave, he sold the Lord of glory to ignominy and death. End of quote. This was because Judas had, like we read, a naturally he had naturally a strong love for money, and he had sized every of the disciples of Jesus and felt, all these people are nobody where I am. Without me, this ministry will not move forward. Reading Desire of Ages, page 717, paragraph 2, we are told, Judas was blinded to his own weakness of character, and Christ placed him where he would have an opportunity to see and correct this. As treasurer for the disciples, he was called upon to provide for the needs of the little company and to relieve the necessities of the poor. When in the Passover chamber, Jesus said to him, That thou doest, do quickly. John 13 verse 27 The disciples thought he had bidden him buy what was needed for the feast or give something to the poor. In ministering to others, Judas might have developed an unselfish spirit. But while listening daily to the lessons of Christ and witnessing his unselfish life, Judas indulged his covetous disposition. The small sums that came into his hands were a continual temptation. Often when he did a little service for Christ or devoted time to religious purposes, he paid himself out of this meager fund. In his own eyes, these pretexts served to excuse his action. But in God's sight, he was a thief. Christ's oft-repeated statement that his kingdom was not of this world offended Judas. He had marked out a line upon which he expected Christ to work. He had planned that John the Baptist should be delivered from prison. But lo, John was left to be beheaded. And Jesus, instead of asserting his royal right and avenging the death of John, retired with his disciples into a country place. Judas wanted more aggressive warfare. He thought that if Jesus would not prevent the disciples from carrying out their schemes, the work would be more successful. He marked the increasing enmity of the Jewish leaders and saw their challenge unheeded when they demanded from Christ a sign from heaven. His heart was open to unbelief and the enemy supplied thoughts of questioning and rebellion. Why did Jesus dwell so much upon that which was discouraging? Why did he predict trial and persecution for himself and for his disciples? The prospect of having a high place in the kingdom had led Judas to espouse the cause of Christ. Were his hopes to be disappointed? 
Judas had not decided that Jesus was not the Son of God, but he was questioning and seeking to find some explanation of his mighty works." End of quote. So this is just an explanation of what was going on in the mind of Judas coming from the spirit of prophecy. But when we apply this to ourselves, you realize that if we like Judas do not like the kingdom that is being preached by Jesus, we will do the same thing that Judas did. The kingdom of God that Jesus was preaching was not about wealth. When he heard Jesus say, the kingdom is not about um, eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness, Jesus would preach, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Judas didn't like to hear those things. He came to Jesus for a purpose. It must be about earthly glory. He didn't think Jesus was not the son of God. But there's something he was looking for, earthly glory and wealth. And Jesus was not giving it to him. Now, like we saw yesterday, from the moment Jesus preached that in John 6, when he fed the 5,000. You know, many people don't know what happened after feeding of the 5,000. We just hear, oh, Jesus fed 5,000. What happened after that day? He lost his disciples. The next day, we are told in the book of John 6, after feeding that 5,000. Or let me say, before that day, we have talked about this before. Judas was the one spearheading the project of forcing Jesus, taking him by force to make him king. Of course, Jesus resisted it and thwarted Judas's plan. How do you think Judas must have felt? Bad. This man just thwarted my plan. Now, the next day, people came and they were saying, Rabbi, whither goest thou? And Jesus said, you didn't come to me to know where I'm going. You came for the bread and fishes. And he started to encourage the people, stop looking for temporary earthly things. Indirectly, Jesus was actually speaking to Judas. He knew that Judas was the one seeking for earthly things just like the other people. And he taught them, labor not for the meat which, peri- which perisheth. And he taught them, the words that I'm speaking to you, they are more valuable than your food. They are more valuable. These are the things that are important. Judas heard it all. And Jesus realized that when all the disciples left him and the twelve remained, Judas did not remain in spirit. He had also left in spirit, but physically he was there. From that moment, Judas started to withdraw till the time when he decided that he's going to betray his Lord and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Matthew 26 verse 22 to 25 shows us Jesus giving Judas another chance on the Passover. It says, now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. You see, Jesus said this so that, I mean, when he said, One of you shall betray me. Imagine yourself to be Judas, hearing that adrenaline will pump in your, in your chest. Why? Because he knows who Jesus is. He's thinking, is he going to expose me? Jesus said this so that Judas could have an opportunity to rethink what he wanted to do. But Judas had his mind on his money and his money on his mind like so many do today. The fact that Jesus could see through his plans was clear. 
when Jesus made the startling statement that one of the disciples would betray him, certainly Judas' heart would have been beating real hard. He was afraid Jesus would expose him and so, in pretense, he also asked, Is it I? But Jesus gave him that legendary response which he usually gives to those who he wanted to speak to without letting others know that he was referring to the person. He said, Thou hast said it. This was not sufficient to change Judas. He was enslaved by money. He was determined to cash in on Jesus and nothing was going to stop him. He was determined to make money and not even the fact that Jesus was going to die was going to get in his way. He stood up from there and went to seal the most wicked and infamous contract ever sealed by any man. For thirty pieces of silver, the price of a slave, he went to orchestrate how his master would be kidnapped and killed. Matthew 26 verse 47 to 50. It says, And while he yet spake, this after Jesus had prayed in Gethsemane, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came. And with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. In the book of Luke 22 verse 48 it says, But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? These famous words are also ringing down today in the ears of every one of us when we allow the love of some earthly thing to overbalance our love for God. This was how Jesus, Judas completed the act of betraying his master for 30 pieces of silver. We may look at Judas and hold him in disdain. We may loathe him and think him to be the worst person there ever was. Jesus called him a devil. Have I not chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? That's, I believe, John 6 verse 17. But what was it that made a devil out of Judas? It was his refusal to lay aside his ambition for greatness, honor, and wealth and exchange it for the glory which the Lord had prepared for him. It was his refusal to seek first the kingdom of God and get something more than money. Jesus was not against the glory and honor which Judas sought, but it was the way which he sought for it that Jesus was against. Judas had heard when Jesus said, just as you are also hearing Matthew 6 verse 31 to 34, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do Gentiles, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Judas had heard these words, but he would have none of it. Before Jesus tricks him, he will trick Jesus. This man may well be the son of God, Judas will say, but he doesn't have what I want. He heals the sick, he makes the blind to see and the lame to walk, but he teaches self-denial a lot. Who is this self-denial helping? 
This was the expression of Judas' thoughts. He was seeking first what he would eat, drink, and put on at the expense of the kingdom of God. But at what expense was Judas making this bargain at the expense of not just the kingdom of God, but at the expense of crucifying the creator of the universe? But is not this the same thing that many professed Christians do today? I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to professed Christians because a Christian is a disciple. Enslaved by money and the prospects of a prosperous future, they are blinded to the consequences. They throw caution to the wind and let loose. They break the covenant and betray their master. For the love of money, many have sold their bodies to be used for sex work so that they can increase their wealth and participate in more vain things of this world. I do not include every sex worker here for there are many who are in this work not because they love money but many circumstances difficult to understand have led them there. I get that. But there are those who for pure love of gain, fame and riches have betrayed their master in engaging in works that they know are crucifying the Son of Man afresh. Hebrews 6 verse 4 to 6 tells us, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, all this Judas was part of it, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. This is exactly what Judas did. Judas was enlightened. He had tasted of the heavenly gift. He was made a partaker of the Holy Ghost. He had tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. He fell away and it was impossible for him to recover. If only those who trample on principle to attain wealth would realize that Jesus means well. When he tells us to buy the truth and sell it not, they would make better decisions. Jesus is not against us having money. He loves us. But there is something better than money which the Lord wants us to seek for and not to sell it for any amount of money. And that thing is Jesus himself. The truth, that is what Jesus wants us not to sell. Judas had the truth but sold the truth that he may have 30 pieces of silver. But the truth is worth more than 30 pieces of silver. Judas could not see it. Before him was a kingdom that was never going to fade and before you too. The fame which he sought was before him, but he didn't like that before honor was humility. He wanted to get it by force and in a grand style, but Jesus was showing him another way to go about it, the way of meekness and love. Both Judas and John were shown this way. One decided to change and the other decided to cash in on Jesus. About 60 years later, Jesus himself would appear to John to show him exactly what Judas missed. In the book of Revelation 21 verse 10 to 14, the Bible says concerning the heavenly kingdom, the new earth on, which is like heaven on earth. And he carried me, that's what John said, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Imagine heaven is coming down to the earth, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Would, Jesus, would Judas not love this? Of course Judas will. Going on in verse 12 to 14 it says, And it had a wall, great and high, and had twelve gates, 
and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. Now listen, verse 14 says, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Amen. Is this not what Judas was seeking? Twelve apostles, but the twelve, Judas is not there. He was replaced later, and his name is not among them. So, this is honor, this is fame, this is greatness. Jesus is not against it. What Jesus was against, and what he is still against in our lives today, is how are you going about it? Before honor comes humility. And if we will not humble ourselves under God, then we are going the Judas way. This was what Judas forfeited for 30 pieces of silver. Compare 30 pieces of silver with eternal life. Compare 30 pieces of silver with being with Jesus. Compare it with the honor that the apostles will receive. To us today, we are in the same position that Judas was. Like I said, it may not be 30 pieces of silver. It may not be money. It may be some desire, some pleasure that you have that you are sacrificing your eternal life for. Judas loved money. What is it that you love? What vice is it? Is it alcohol? Is it cigarette? Is it gossip? Is it lying? Is it pride? Is it sex? And all the different ways that sexual pleasure exhibits itself. Is it the love of fashion and the love of dress? What is it? Is it the love of fame and popularity? Any of these things, if they overbalance our love for Jesus, we will be lost like Judas. Look at what Judas lost, honor surpassing anything Judas could have imagined awaited him, but he missed it because he was impatient. He was enslaved by his own vice. Are you enslaved by yours? He wanted his own here and now. Are there not many who like Judas are already forfeiting the honor and glory which Jesus has prepared for them? For the things of this world, which is as it were, pieces of silver, 30 pieces of silver. Wherever, whenever we consider that the way of the Lord is too narrow because he requires of our self-denial and meekness, and we see that this meekness and principles of heaven is causing us to lose earthly opportunities to make money and to have some pleasure and honor and fame, and then we decide to throw caution to the wind and trample on the law of God so we can have some money or enjoy ourselves, we are repeating the same scene of Judas. Especially is this the case for professed Christians who have been opportune to know the truth and have tasted and seen the goodness of God. But what happened to the money that Judas got, the 30 pieces of silver? The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew 27 verse 3 to 10, Then Judas, which, be had, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and elder, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because it is the prize of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. 
Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the prize of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. Amen. You see, Judah saw what he had done, but it was too late for him. Repentance was impossible for him now. What will happen to the money which is gotten at the expense of selling the truth? Jesus said it is better that a millstone is hung on the head of the one who does this. That same money was the ruin of Judas and it will be the ruin of all those who follow in the steps of Judas by selling the truth for money. In the book of Ezekiel 7 verse 19, the Bible tells us exactly what will happen at that last time. You know, the book of Ezekiel starts in verse 1 by telling us an end is come. The end is near. It watcheth for thee. Behold, it is near. In verse 19, it then tells us, They shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. The silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowels, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. Amen. Casting the silver and the gold on the streets matters, but when will you do yours? Will you cast it on the seal in the streets when it is too late, or will you cast it before the time when it is actually going to be beneficial for you? To those who do this, who are not casting their silver on the streets, who are betraying their Lord, Jesus is asking you the same question. Wherefore art thou come? Betrayest thou me with a kiss? That's what he is asking us. Friend, wherefore art thou come? Have you come to betray Jesus like Judas did? Jesus is asking you the question. Are you going to betray me with a kiss just because of money? There are many ways we do this. When we as Christians see the principles of the way of the Lord asking us to deny ourselves, we shouldn't lie, we shouldn't steal, we shouldn't commit adultery, we shouldn't bear false witness, we shouldn't break the Sabbath. And because of some job that you want to get, or because you don't want to lose the job, or because of some exam that you want to write, or an interview that you want to go for, or because of the prospects you see in this job and because of an opportunity you falsify documents you change your name you bribe you steal and do all kinds of evil things you go for the sex work you you do all these kind of things just for money you are betraying your lord you are selling him for 30 pieces of silver but the lord is encouraging us you see that money you want That glory, that honor, he has it to give you. The only thing is about how you are going about it. The way God wants you to get it is different from the way you want to get it. His requires self-denial. It requires carrying a cross. It requires patience. But eventually, you'll get it. But then, Judas was not patient. But the Lord wants to encourage you who are listening. Are you on the verge of making a decision to sell your Lord? By doing any of these evil things I just mentioned or even much more and I just pray the Holy Spirit is impressing something on your heart and telling you because sometimes there are even things that we do that are right but the motive behind it is just like that of Judas and we are also to the same effect selling our Lord and I pray that God is talking to you or have you even done it just like Judas? Well, it's not over. Remember that Zacchaeus was like that but he repented the rich man has a way to make it to the kingdom of God. And even if you betray your Lord, you can repent. 
but the Lord wants to speak to your heart to tell you why it is necessary that you repent and to give you inducements to make you do that but you just need to exercise faith Jesus says to us today Matthew 6 from verse 25 therefore I say unto you take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment behold look at the fowls of the air for they sow not neither do they reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feedeth them are you not much better than they which of you by thick taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature and why take you thought for raiment consider the ladies of the field how they grow they toil not neither do they spin and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof what is jesus trying to do with these words he's trying to inspire us with faith in him he's trying to tell us i know your needs i know what is it he listed out even if before you tell him he has listed it out you this is what you need i know but there's something you need more and that you need to seek first and it just comes back to that same question jesus asked in the book of matthew chapter 16 i think reading from verse 24 and downward he's asking okay after you have gotten all these things how are you going to enjoy them without life what shall it profit a man to get the whole world and lose his soul jesus is speaking to you see there is something you need first before these things if you accumulate all the wealth in this life are you not going to die someday what have you done about your preservation of life the most important thing is to secure life so jesus is saying to us judas seek first the kingdom of god first of all seek your life before you talk about the other things because you need life to enjoy them or what will the man give in exchange for his soul your soul is more important than these things and we lose our soul when we break the commandments of god what is life jesus said in the book of john 17 verse 3 and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent what does it mean to know him first john chapter 2 reading from verse 3 and 4 who hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith i know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him so how can i have life to know god how can i know god to keep his commandments so to keep commandments of god is what it means to have life do you have life if you don't god is inviting you come and get the life matthew 19 verse 28 and 29 he assures us to make us know that he has prepared good things for us 
And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Amen. The twelve, Jesus said, they would judge judge the twelve tribes of Israel. But Judas missed it. He's not going to be there. But for us today, God has prepared a mansion for you. He has prepared a place for you. But you may miss it if you are enslaved by any vice like Judas. Psalm 16 verse 11, Jesus assures us, Thou will keep me in perfect peace. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I like to make people understand this. God is not against pleasure. He's not against you getting dopamine in your head. But how? Are you doing it in a way that destroys you? Or are you doing it in a way that promotes your life? People want pleasure. But how do you go about it? Jesus is saying, I want to show you a way that will enlarge and increase you. One that will promote your life. And he tells us of his word and brings us to a higher state by seeking first his kingdom and making a character change and he promises us today who is listening who are listening revelation 3 verse 19 to 22 as many as i love i rebuke and chasten be zealous therefore and repent behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and will sup with him and he with me To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I don't know any higher privilege than this which Jesus has promised to those who overcome. Overcome what, by the way? overcome the world. What is the world? 1 John chapter 2, 15-17 The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. To those who will deny themselves and overcome that desire to crucify the Son of Man for the sake of money or for the sake of any other thing they want to get. Some of them are crucifying the Son of Man for the sake of preserving their marriage. Others are crucifying the Son of Man for the sake of actually getting married. Any of these things that we crucify Jesus for we lose the opportunity to get everlasting life, to sit on the throne of Jesus and reign with him forevermore. We lose the opportunity of pleasures forevermore, the the opportunity of having mansions and the greatest opportunity of being acquainted with our Lord. To those who will deny themselves and overcome the desire to crucify the Son of Man for the sake of money, Jesus has promised to give you something better than that which you lose something better than what you have here something that you cannot even imagine right now because it says i had not seen neither had ear heard neither has it come into the heart of man what the lord has prepared for those who would serve him only endure to the end and you shall be saved jesus says if you have an ear then hear what the spirit is saying to the churches I pray that these words spoken will break every enslavement that we are engaged in, whether it is enslavement to money or any other sin or vice. Trust God. Trust His love. Trust His wisdom. He means well. You must go through that self-denial and carry your cross 
eventually you will come out the better the lord has good things prepared for us trust him he's not trying to deceive you let go let go of that thing that you know is put putting a stumbling block between you and him trust in him have faith he's going to bless you be patient don't be seeking your own here and denying your lord and breaking his commandments at every hand just so you can get what you want to those who are patient they will sit with him on his throne he that had an ear let him hear what the spirit said unto the churches let us pray thank you dear father for your words spoken to us today i pray that these words shall break the chains of enslavement to sin in our lives and that we shall be free like john and our characters shall be transformed into the image of jesus inspire in us faith and trust in you you have told us that you know what we need and we trust you that you know please lord as we face the temptations of life that want to draw us away from you and put a stumbling block between us and you help us lord to cast our silver and our gold on the streets today not when it is too late but to cast it now that we may embrace the cross of jesus and follow after you and seek the kingdom of god may we not take silver over you may we not nail you to the cross for the sake of silver do this and take the glory in jesus name i've prayed Amen. Sin
Jesus.